0: Welcome to the Ja Chuan Podcast. My name is Isaac Kamens. This is a bi weekly podcast where my friend Jess O'Brien and I discuss internal martial arts, Qigong, and meditation. Uh, this week, we continue our discussion on Grandmaster Yang Lu Chan, uh, the founder of Yang Style Tai Chi. Uh, we take a look at a couple stories about his life, and then we also look at a bit more of Baiwa's Tai Chi classics. This week in our Patreon, we discuss a little bit more of Biwa's biography, um, and there's a sample of that at the end of this episode, so stick around for that. Um, all right, I hope you enjoy the episode. Take care of yourselves, and be well.
1: Welcome back to the Ninja Podcast with Isaac and Jess. Today, we're going to keep talking about Yang Luchan, the founder of Tai Chi. All right, so there's a couple good stories here in The Power of Internal Martial Arts by B.K. Francis, 1998. Okay, so he talks about Yang Luchan, says, uh, now in his version, uh, possessed by the desire to learn the Chen family art. Yang devised a scheme to enter the Chen family village, which was barred to outsiders. Convincingly pretending to be deaf, he managed to become a servant in the family of the clan's martial arts leader. He worked hard, reliably accomplished his task, and gradually became completely trusted and was given keys to all the room. The keys allowed him to watch the internal training and observed that it was done behind locked doors. After the training was done, Yang practiced what he had seen late into the night, arising earlier than the others to fulfill his role as trusted servant. One day, Yang got caught. Some trainees demanded that he be thrown out from the village on the spot. Others wanted to rip him apart. The head teacher allowed Yang to demonstrate the movements he had learned through spying. Next, Yang was allowed to take the challenges from the trainees, whom he soundly defeated. The head of the clan pondered the question, if this young man had come so far without instruction, what could he do with it? Chen was impressed by Yang's good nature and character and appreciated the great patience. Chen gave him a full initiation, testing his sincerity and traditional Confucian respect for a teacher. Yang passed with flying colors. He shortly became Chen's favorite student. So then he moves on to this part where the actual training. The first six years of Yang's training were focused on teaching him the internal power work of the form, accurately and precisely down to the minutest details. So he works on the uh this the Nei Jin internal power of the form. Then the next six years, his concentration was on refining his listening, interpreting, and discharging energy abilities to a high degree with push-hands training, and training both with and without weapons. The last six years of Yang's training was devoted to learning the fighting techniques and strategies to be used against lethal, motivated opponents, both empty-handed and armed. So he describes a three-phase teaching plan for yang Lu Chen. is pretty so it begins with the internal power work that so i that might, might refer to the negong yeah that's that we've been negong. talking about this whole time
0: yeah that's the negong so the for sec- six
1: years it's like you were saying you start with negong that's what you were talking about that starting with well, negong was, I mean, is how you started
0: i'm i'm sure he was also learning the form in that period of time right but, right but um the second part is about listening. Yeah. You know, so that's your sensitivity, that's your softness, yeah. push that's, hands yielding. You know, yeah. Yeah, that's where you learn to to essentially do the the tai chi part of, you know, the soft the thing that's tai chi is really mm. known for and you know why it works so well is this softness piece. But that's kind of the second stage of it after you have basic um you know, basic body structure, basic, just like you can move, you can hit, you can right. fight, you know, just kind of like the. And
1: then you take it up a level with the, with the listening, interpreting and discharging energy.
0: Yeah. That's the, again, that's sort of the sensitivity part. Of yeah. It, you know, the, the, like really requires you to have the Nagong pretty much in order to do it. So it's, yeah, it's kind of it's a continuum, right? And
1: it's like, are in action like we've been talking about and Baiwa talks about it in his book. And then finally uh, the last 6 years were devoted learning fighting techniques and strategies to use against lethal motivated opponents.
0: So right, that's so that's real fighting, not just playing and, you know, doing push-hands and stuff. Awesome. But yeah, that's That uh, sounds like a good program, you know. What is that? 18 like, years 18 years yeah that's about how long
1: it'll probably take right and it's a pretty realistic plan but he did start at a young age I mean in this one he devised a scheme to enter the Chen family village but that I mean so he he tricked them into hiring him by pretending to be deaf and mute and sneaking around right right, right. that's pretty funny um, so then he left with his teacher's best wishes, and he traveled throughout China, challenging every highly respected fighter and master to test the truth of his art, both empty-handed and with his favorite weapon, the spear, known as the king of traditional Chinese weapons. Xingyi always talks about spear fighting, but it sounds like Yang Chan was also into spear fighting. No matter where he went, Yang unequivocally defeated everyone, without hurting them, even those who tried to maim or kill him, a superlative level of skill that made him universally recognized as a martial master of the highest level. From these challenges, he earned the name Yang the Invincible. His skill level eventually landed him a job of martial arts teacher for the Emperor's personal guard, a position reserved for the man proven to be the best martial artist in China. In time, the system that Yang taught became known as Yang Family Tai Chi or simply Yang Style Tai Chi.
0: Yeah, so that latter part kind of mimics what the previous one Yeah, the other guy said about, you know, like, so, and that's, you know, that uh, tracks too because, again, you know, when you're just a Street fighter kicking ass, nobody's really writing anything down. But when you get into an official position in the palace, your name starts to be recorded right. in things, and people have to, you know, know who you are. In right, a different kinds of way. Known. it's like the best martial artist
1: in China. I mean, that's that sounds like it could be an exaggeration, but the idea that to be a bodyguard to the emperor himself, the other one said he was, a uh, yeah, the emperor's I'm... brothers
0: might or... be more like. Uh, best known martial artist might be one better... of the
1: best at least right, Like
0: yeah. so one last thing it says the
1: stories of yang lu chan are legion he was a deserved mythic figure in chinese martial arts legend has it he once left the Ch- once he left the chen village he never lost one of his many matches numerous yang style tai chi books in english and chinese tell wonderful inspirational stories about his martial exploits as well as those of his sons these stories illustrate the skills of which Tai Chi is capable, but often lack sufficient details as to how the skills are acquired. Many of these skills still exist today, while others seem to have been lost to later generations. Moving on to the next section of Uncovering the Secrets of Internal Power in Taiji by Baihua, we come to the next part of the Taiji Chi Quan Jing. It says, do not reveal defects, not showing any hindrance or breakpoints. My sense is that speaks to the Tai Chi's being, it's so known for its fluid nature and for its smooth movements and uh that sort of counterintuitive softness that it has. So don't reveal defects, not showing any hindrance or breakpoints. That to me sounds like don't do jerky type movements or sudden like strength-based movements, but you're going to be you're not gonna have any defects or hindrances in your fluidity of movement.
0: What yeah. do you think? Yeah, yeah. The the common um Way this one's described is no hollows and no protuberances. Oh, right, right. That that did nothing sticks out. and Nothing is collapsed. Right. So mm. you again, you're just talking about um balance essentially.
1: That mm. sort of posture, that uh, upright posture that Tai Chi's known for, and uh, and lack of explosive movements. Unless you're talking about Chen style.
0: Yeah. So that. You know, like, basically the idea that um, you don't want to be doing things that, like, push your shoulder or your chest out, right? You want to relax and let them sink into your body as you do a movement. That sort of thing. So, Vaivua has his
1: explanation of this concept. And uh, he starts by saying that there's a joke to this somehow because people... Uh, according. People read this this theory, and then they took it too seriously. That's how I'm interpreting. He says, according to the requirements of Tai Chi's martial arts theory, people thought that Tai Chi should have no defects or hindrance at all. They rigidly and dogmatically described Tai Chi as exclusively circular movement, and some even invented the Tai Chi ball practice and so on. I think he's saying that you don't want to over... It doesn't necessarily have to have huge, exaggerated, circular motions. You just... Requirements you don't have hindrance or breakpoints, but it doesn't mean everything has to be in a you know over exaggerated
0: circle, anyways. What do you think? Yeah, I mean, I think this is essentially a, a critique of um certain types of Tai Chi that's done as sort of big, wavy kind of stuff where mm. there isn't a lot of um sort of connection to it, you know, it's sort of sloppy and you know that it's just like people kind of waving their arms around in a big you know that yeah I, you know so there's a lot of tai chi that isn't really rooted in the body people just sort of move their arms around <laughs> in big circles and and you know they think that's tai chi and it's like well know, it kind of looks like it but it's not it should have a little bit more uh
1: connectedness and precision of movement not sort of big sloppy loops
0: yeah i mean i think what he's saying is it's like um there's a principle right of of tai chi chuan that that says it has to have balance it has to have both it has to have this fullness and this ability mm. to relax, right? That so,
1: dichotomy, yeah. So,
0: if you're just being soft and kind of like mushy and overly yin, and essentially you're not doing it properly, just the same way if you're doing it super hard and sticking everything out and using a lot of strength, you're not doing it properly. That there is, you know, that the proper method is to have this circulation between the two you know things where you Mm. have a a sense of being relaxed as you go out right Mm -hmm. that you can do both and and, right
1: well then he speaks to that in his next thing he says that however it's not just about circularity he says however the theory of tai chi belongs to the philosophical theory of yin and yang so therefore based on the concept that there is solidity (laughs) in void and void in solidity Tai Chi demands a balance of solidity and void in each section to form an abstract Tai Chi yin yang fish circle diagram. So I think that speaks to what you were saying about the flow between the yin and yang inside yourself. You're not a big circle. You're a flow of, you know, yin and yang, light and dark, void and solidity, continuously changing kind of, you know, it's like not just a blown up balloon, but it's the balloon that's being squeezed in different directions In this This case, from the
0: inside. This is why you have a little white dot inside the black part and a little black dot inside of the white part on the Mm -hmm. Tai Chi symbol. Because what that represents is that even when you go to your most yang, right, your, your most extended, there is something that's coming in, right? And then even when you go to your most yin, There is something coming out. There's something holding you up, right? And that Tai Chi is the process of moving between these two non-extremes, if you will, and, and flowing between that. So you never get all the way to one extreme. You always have this flow back and forth. But both things have to exist. You can't just go in one direction.
1: Right. Right. So the the exclusively circular argument doesn't quite take into account that dot of white and that dot of black within the opposite. There's it's more complicated than just a mere ball. There's like
0: this fluidity of back and forth going on for sure. Yeah. I mean, I, I think it's. Uh, again, I mean, he's talking about. I, think the external circles not because everything in tai chi is by nature circular circular but he's not saying what he's saying is it's not just make a circle with your arms and do this you know tai chi ruler type of exercise that you know that can help but you know just moving your arms in a ball doesn't right there's more your waist or your legs or anything else so
1: There's more to go, you know, there's more complexity than that. (laughs) So the final statement is, when it comes to joint coordination, it's not allowed to disrupt and skip over the controller to connect to other positions. My interpretation of that is he's saying you don't, when you're coordinating one part of the body to another, you don't skip over the controller, which he refers to the the lower dantian as the controller previously. So I think that's what he's saying here.
0: you got to flow through that dantian. All of your movements have to be connected to your lower dantian. Like if I was just gonna wow. put that that <laughs> you know that whole thing into one you know like sound bite is you know no hollows, no protuberance is is another way of saying you never go too far in either direction. Right? Mm. You you maintain the balance between your external movement and your internal sort of you know squishiness
1: and your balance kind of relies on that lower dantian being grounded and connected. If you if you're tilting over and falling over, that means you're not seated in your dantian and then connecting to your
0: legs properly. Yeah. Yeah. The, so what he's saying is like you have to have it every you know if you're just moving your arms and your legs, right? There's no connection to your lower dantian, right? There's no connection to the middle. So that when you move, your 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 movement has to go th- in either direction, right? If it's going from your hands to your feet, it's got to go through your lower danyan. And if it's going from your feet to your hands, it's got to go through your lower danyan. And if it's going up and down, it's got to go through your lower danyan. You can't so, skip
1: the controller, he says.
0: Yeah, and, and yeah, I mean, um, the way Bruce talks about this is, is uh, from posture to posture, the internal energy is unbroken, right? That you don't gap, you don't go from your knee to your uh, shoulder, right? That you have to go through your hips and your back to get to your shoulder, right? You don't just jump around from one right? part, of you, part to the next. So this joint coordination thing is um, sometimes referred to like as the string of nine pearls or, you know, something like that where there's like a, a connected line of something right that uh, pulling silk is another term for it right the idea that you have this little tiny thing that you're pulling so you can't pull too hard on it or you'll break it and you can yeah ha- but if you don't have enough tension on it it kind of goes slack it loses its connection to your mm-hmm. body Just keep right? a little link there yeah so it, that that sort of ability to link that thing um, threading a needle kind of idea like that the movement has to go through your shoulder through your elbow through your wrist all the way to your fingertips it doesn't you know it has to thread through it it doesn't just jump from your shoulder Mm -hmm. to your hand right and this is like Part of what makes Tai Chi move the you know in that sort of slow, squishy, wavy fashion is that you're when you're when you're moving with that string, that thread, it you're sort of following that wave, right? Yeah. So you can choose to kind of let your body go with it, or you can move it inside your body, which is basically the counts for the different external style, you know visuals that you might see but essentially the the movement is the same it's just you can either have it happen inside of you or you can move your whole body as a unit all right done with that section
1: that section comes to a close
0: okay until next time all right see you Uh, soon yeah man take care Hey folks, I uh, hope you enjoyed the episode. Here's a short uh, clip from our latest Patreon episode where we discuss some of Baiwa's uh, biography, including a couple of his other teachers besides Liu Hongjie and Lin Ying. Uh, so hope you enjoy it. Uh, there's also our interview with Bruce Francis on the Patreon, so you may want to check that out. Okay, uh, thanks for listening. hope you enjoy it, and take care of yourselves.
1: Before we plunge into the next section, I wanted to just keep going with Baihua's biography here in his book, because this is the only other source on his life besides what's in uh, Power of Internal Martial Arts. Um, so I figured we'd just keep looking at this a little closer. So here's another quote from Baihua about his his third teacher and his sort of third phase of his training, right? the final phase of his training. In addition, teacher Wan Lai Sheng from Fuzhou instructed him in Lin, Li Jin Lin's Wudong Sword Method. As handed down for Mr. Wan directly, the famous martial arts coach Hong Zheng Fu taught the secrets of Ziran men to Bai Hua. He was also trained in Xing Yi Quan by the old Shanghai gentleman, teacher Chu Guiting. Ting. Bai Hua studied Chinese medicine and acupuncture with the famous teacher Chen Yin Long. So that's a whole list of folks there, That uh, but he starts by talking about Wan Lai Sheng. And now that guy is a very famous martial artist. We've talked about him in season, um, I think season one and in season two, the master of Zeron men, natural gate boxing.
0: Yeah, he's come up a couple of times.
1: Right. And he was a, a huge phenomenon in the martial arts world of the 20s and 30s. He was a young master who came on the scene with all kinds of inner training, but also sort of ass kick and tactics. So he made a big splash. And he was friends with Grandmaster Leo Hung J.
0: Right. So, and this, and Hong Fu is his student, right? Mm. So, so his Wan student. He and Baiwa are about the same age, I think. So there's, Mm. I think that's kind of, they were close in age, uh, or closer in age. Um,
1: so Baiwa got a pretty good education in Xeron men. He learned the sword fighting as well as the hand to
0: hand from the guy's student. Yeah. So the, the, uh, Li Jing Lin is a very famous martial artist slash politician in Chinese, and we don't have any sort of the warlord
1: period, right? Yeah, and yeah. He's well, big time.
0: I mean, you could do a whole fucking podcast on that guy. I mean right.
1: He's everywhere in the Chinese martial um, arts field.
0: Let's I mean, let's put it this way. Lots of very famous, very accomplished martial artists would send their kids to this guy right he was that kind of dude he was yeah super connected politically but also very much would kick your ass uh uh-huh. right? it. The, he kind of had it all <laughs> one of these characters right right um and so, sword
1: was highly respected his sword it seems like a bunch of different schools like, adopted his
0: sword fighting like the most respected pretty much of his time he was the guy right um so that's a big one. And then Chu Gu is, is also really well-known. He was one of the mm. creators of the standardized oh. Dong-style form. Oh, interesting. Chu was born in 1892 and died in 1977. So he lived a fairly wow. long time. Turn of
1: the century, um, all the way to the 70s.
0: He was a student of uh, Li Tsong-yi, so we've talked about extensively right wow um he was old school shangyi uh he was also a student of yang cheng fu and you know he did things like run uh one of the guoshu academies uh he taught a bunch of like police you know Mm. that sort of national military So he's part of of
1: that republic of china movement yeah
0: um he was part of the okay so just a little quote from his, the Wikipedia page: In 1928, General Lee, uh, Zhang, Zhang, Zhang Jijang, uh and some other general were the ones that held the first full contact ch- competition in Nanjing. What year? Uh, 1928. This okay, is, that's the is, one. This is the competition. So, and Chu he, was there he was he won, he was one of the 12 finalists, right? And apparently the of the, the 12 finalists got to pick the three top guys, mm. and he was he was one, Wang Lai Sheng was another, mm. and I forget who the third one was. So he was you know, he was along with uh, Wang Lai Sheng, he was kind of that older generation, and then in the fifties along with like Fu Wen and those guys, um, he was uh, sort of asked to create the simplified 24 form in Beijing. Wushu
1: Tai Chi, yeah. yeah so, so he sticks around for the, for the People's Republic.
0: Yeah, he's there, I think. I think, uh, I guess he stays in China and di- yeah, just dies. Oh, in, so in, if you die in
1: 1977, that's in, mm, indicative I, of cultural revolution. and
0: Yeah, he was also 84 years yeah, old. Yeah, I guess. Mean, yeah, okay, fair so, enough. You know, you got a good you just, stretch. You just always take away. a
1: pause when they say that. He's like, oh.
0: Yeah. Yeah, um, yikes. Yeah, so again, you know, this is another one of these like, um, just big, you know. Big name. Like... Just massive figures and a it. founding father type of guy for right. modern martial arts for sure. So so in a very subtle, not subtle way, Baiwa is saying, okay, well, here are the guys I trained with, Wang Lai Shang, Chu Gu, Ding, right? And those two are again just oh, like back to that original or that first uh totally. competition, which was where I mean that was kind of the like um you know it was it was the great Battle of of Chinese martial arts and I
1: mean, it was kind of the peak of the wave of Chinese martial arts at that time because after yeah. that the Japanese invasion happened shortly after and things were never quite the same
0: well and it was if your lineage came back to somebody who was in that top 12 right forever more you would have had this, right. this well you could say well my no point
1: back yeah
0: my <laughs> teacher's teacher fought in that i mean because you know anybody not anybody but but most people who have some sort of connection to that you know beijing Nanjing, yeah the, the sort of you know first second generation of these martial artists they all kind of connect something to this this thing and you know um Etchrin likes to say that you know uh I think 6 of the 10 were all practiced Etchrin or something like that you know like that, that there was you know everybody's got Everybody little...
1: wants to claim when somebody from right. the 1928 tournament that's for sure it's I mean, a seminal even, event it's like the century. it's the dantean of modern chinese martial even arts even in
0: guy. Kumar's book he's got the picture you know from that tournament of Leo yep. Hung-jay as a young man you yeah. know, and, he met, and in the little caption, he also mentions uh, Wang Lai Sheng. So it's like that's right. that's the that's the genesis, you know, of all of these right. kind of guys' career was that totally, tournament, right? So, oh,
1: totally huge event.
0: So both, you know, both where where Leo Hung J kind of didn't pursue a life of, of notoriety. Both Wang Lai Shang and Chu Gu Ting were like out there. Like I'm a martial artist for right. the nation, their entire right. lives, you know, big time promoters. Yeah. and Hey folks. Uh, thanks for listening. Hope you enjoyed our little sample of the Patreon there. Uh, check out the Patreon for more on Biwa's Negong, uh, the Guion Negong system that we discussed uh, as well as past bonus episodes And, of course, our interviews uh, with uh, classmates and with Bruce uh, and much, much more. All right. Take care of yourselves. Thanks for listening and be well.